This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. We are failing mentally ill patients who are involuntarily admitted to psychiatric facilities in this province. They're being denied their legal rights. That is according to a new report from the BC Ombudsperson, which came out today. We wanted to get more details on this, so we're joined now by the BC Ombudsperson, Jay Chalk. Thank you so much for being here. Good afternoon, Simi. What did you take a look at? So we uh, had received over the years uh, individual complaints from uh, people who had been admitted expressing concerns about whether or not uh, their legal rights have been protected upon admission. And so we decided to take a systemic look at that. So we reviewed all of the involuntary admissions across British Columbia for a one-month period, some 1,500 uh, admissions, uh, and looked at uh, uh, some 70 psychiatric hospitals uh, across the province. And uh, what we were trying to determine is whether or not the requirements in the Mental Health Act that relate to uh, someone's admission, uh, notice to them uh, of their legal rights, um, how to get legal advice, um, and uh, uh, to nominate a, a relative who will be notified that they've been admitted. Um, uh, we looked at all of those requirements, uh, consent to treatment, and determined that across the board, uh, throughout the province, uh, uh, those legal rights are being protected some 28% of the time uh, uh, for 28% of the admissions, which is obviously a big concern. Yeah, that is a big concern. So is it just non-compliance? So it, it, what we were looking for was evidence that the legal forms that or how those rights are manifested or articulated are a set of legal forms. And so we were looking for those forms and they just weren't there. Uh, and so, uh, so it's certainly missing. We also uh, saw a number of forms where um, they were there, but quite deficient. Um, an example of that deficiency is one of the forms relates to uh, obtaining consent to treatment. So once you're admitted, the purpose of being admitted to a, a psychiatric facility as an involuntary patient is for treatment. Uh, and uh, either you as the patient or uh, the, the facility director can consent to treatment on your behalf, uh, but someone has to, and uh, the uh, way that's determined is through a, a form prescribed under the Mental Health Act. And uh, uh, we determined that that was not uh, there uh, frequently, but even when it was there, uh, there were problems. And sometimes some hospitals were literally using a rubber stamp that would apply to any patient who, uh, uh, who was admitted and just per, uh, basically described any kind of uh, treatment one could get. Obviously, not possible to get informed, legal informed consent when you're just describing any possible thing that could happen to you. Right. This seems so it's hard to believe, right? Because you're like, how can people not have the forms in place? Because the rest of us, we, you know, we need to get a form. We can't do anything without getting it stamped. And here people are getting treatment without the proper forms being in place. And informed consent is a well-developed concept in law. It's nothing yeah. new. Um, um, think of our, all of us as patients uh, with respect to our physical health care. Uh, we value our bodily integrity and expect to be able to be informed by our physician about the risks and benefits of being treated or, or deciding not to be treated or what the options are. Uh, and the same goes uh, uh, in the context of mental health treatment. Is there any fallout from this, though? Is there any repercussions for these facilities not going by the rules? Well, we were quite concerned, and uh, so we uh, advised uh, 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 the health authorities uh, of our uh, tentative findings last year, and a number of them were, um, frankly, surprised and disappointed by their own poor performance, I would say. Uh, and so what that really reflects is a lack of awareness even 
within their own administration about uh, how poorly they were doing. So uh, some of them have already um, um, taken steps to improve. We highlight um, uh, one of those hospitals uh, in our report uh, that have already tar- started to do something, but we make a, a series of 24 recommendations that are really designed to address uh, concerns about uh, auditing, um, annual targets, um, improved records management, increased public reporting, and, uh, and establishing provincial standards uh, and, and training. So all of those are important. Perhaps the most important recommendation we make, though, is to that British Columbia join most other provinces in Canada and have a, a system of independent rights advice for involuntary uh, uh, psychiatric patients. So when someone is admitted to a psychiatric hospital, they will have a rights advisor visit them and tell them what their rights are uh, uh, personally so that they'll, they'll be aware, they'll be made aware uh, of what those rights are. So, um, we don't have that? The good, sorry, I'm sorry? We don't have something like that? Because that seems like a very good idea. It does seem like a good idea. Um, uh, it, uh, what we have currently is an obligation on the, on the um, hospital to advise the individual of those things, but no independent rights advice. And in fact, what we found was that uh, at least half the time, um, uh, that rights advice wasn't happening. Uh, and, uh, and so having an independent rights advisor and someone who can frankly ask questions independent from the hospital, uh, if someone, say, for example, doesn't agree with their detention and wants to know what they can do about it, um, uh, having an independent uh, you know, a visit from an independent rights advisor is a good idea. So the good news is that uh, um, that suggestion and all our others have been accepted by the health authorities and by the provincial government. Uh, and for implementation over the next couple of years. Does this report also illustrate, do you think, Mr. Chalk, that this is one of the reasons why we think we're not serving those who are mentally ill uh, good enough in this province? Well, I think there's a range of issues with respect to the, to, uh, uh, the treatment of the mentally ill. And, and, uh, uh, but one thing I firmly believe is that it's a false premise to talk about treatment or rights. You can certainly improve the system of treatment in the province while still respecting uh, individual rights. And uh, in my view, you need to do both. Uh, And I think that that's what legislators have decided when they pass a mental health act that has a number of requirements on hospitals to do things. Uh, It's their expectation that people will only be detained uh, if certain uh, uh, steps are taken. And so when when we see that those steps aren't being taken, uh, it's obviously... Uh, not the expectation of the people who pass the legislation in the province that determines how individual or sorry, involuntary uh, uh, detention can occur under the Mental Health Act. So, yes, uh, treatment's important, um, but uh, so are rights, and we can do both. Now, geographically, were there certain areas that had worse compliance rates than others? There was a, a variation among among health authorities, and we certainly reported. Uh, the report goes into some detail, and if people are interested, the report's at our website, bcombudsperson.ca. Uh, uh, and uh, for some of the uh, 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 forms, we actually break it out by hospital. Um, and, uh, and what we noticed uh, if, uh, in that context was that some hospitals uh, uh, did quite well with respect to a particular kind of form and others quite poorly. So obviously it's possible to do it because some are doing it already. Uh, and, uh, and, uh, but all the others had a, a quite uh, poor level of performance. So I think that variation is, uh, you know, points that points there's a way forward if, uh, if uh, management of the hospitals and the government take this seriously. Yeah, how do we fix this then? Well, I think our recommendations are designed to do that. So um, some of them are focused on auditing, so requiring health authorities to conduct regular audits uh, to ensure that they're actually following the law. 
uh, establishing performance targets that are 100% of compliance and, and assessing whether or not uh, um, the, uh, each facility is, is doing so. Um, um, increased public reporting. So um, the Ministry of uh, Mental Health and Addictions will be publishing, uh, uh, increasing their public reporting. Um, establishing provincial standards and also training. I think training is uh, one of those things that uh, yeah. too often gets forgotten, but for people who are operating, and understandably they're, they're delivering health care, uh, and so uh, the understanding the import of protecting legal rights is, uh, you know, is in some contexts uh, an adjunct to what they do, but, but it obviously to the extent that people are in a locked facility and can't leave and, and lose their right to refuse treatment in certain contexts, it's, it's critically important, so mandatory training. And then rights advice, uh, that, that scheme of independent rights advice I spoke of. Oh, so fascinating. All right, thank you so much for your time. Great, thanks, Amy. That is Jay Chalk, who is the BC Ombudsperson.